Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 184th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. Gay. G'day. And of course, we have Cinema Effect's most popular member on Letterboxd, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Very good. Very excited to talk about some Australian cinema. Some Australian cinema. cinema. Are they... I don't know the generations well. Are they Gen Z people? Danny yeah. and Michael? Rucka yeah. Rucka? What do you mean Gen Z? What, what, what oh, is that? the directors. I don't know. Like, what generation are they in? Like, in terms of what year they were born in or, like, what year, like, they're creating, like, content for? No, no, yeah, what year they're born in. I don't know the fucking know generations. Oh. <laughs> no, that'd be, that'd be, like, Gen Y, like, the previous one. Gen Y? Oh, but the okay. actors are... The movies are, you know, Gen Z actors and stuff. Right. Are we Gen Z? I think we're just, yeah. like, just Gen Z. Uh, What's below us? Gen Alpha, I think, is the next mm. one. Is the, is the next one. I know anything about any of this shit. Anyway, I just wanted to make the off-remark comment that this was like a Gen Z Aussie film, basically, is what I was getting at. But then I uh, wanted to learn about generations in the meantime. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast, where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all the podcast places, Google. Uh, so, you know, subscribe if you enjoy the show. Don't subscribe if you don't. It's up to you, you know. Uh, this week, we're reviewing Talk To Me, which opened in Australia to our dismay on October 30th, 2022. But we're going to ignore that for our little extended of year stuff. Uh, I'm not. I've, I've chosen to obey oh, the number. Oh, have you really? I've chosen to obey the number. Oh, Steve. Um, the film was directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. Philippou? Philipp- oh, I heard it pronounced. I heard them Ooh. say it and I forgot. Shit. I think it's Philippou. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's a horror thriller. And the synopsis says, when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Oh, yeah. Fitzy, talk to me. Did it, did it, no, did it talk I was to you? I was literally like, <laughs> say, like, did it speak to you? You know, but that's like, yeah. anyway, what do you think? Yeah, I had a pretty good time. Um, like, it had a very, like, dark and depressing kind of undertone. It was very sustained throughout. And the horror was very kind of unsettling and kind of melded with the tone very well. It didn't feel too, you know, the the seed, the, the 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 makeup and stuff didn't ever feel too much or too jarring or anything. So yeah. it felt like a good, um, you know, combination of theme and story, and yeah, it was, it was pretty good overall. I think the acting was pretty great, and you know, pretty great for a debut as well. Pretty good directing, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's very true, actually. Um, I've, I've been listening to them speak about the film a fair bit uh, the last couple of days, and they they talked about how in the not to get too far in the weeds already, but in the in the initial possession sequence with with Mia, like um, how they had basically designed this whole visual effect for like her hair, and it was going to be like all this crazy shit going on with it CG wise, but then they and it was done, but then they took it out because it, they felt it took away from you know grounding the the horror and you know it was heightening it too much essentially so 
pretty much. Mm. I think they nailed that aspect of it. Um, yeah, for me, I thought I thought the movie was really cool. Um, some crazy shit goes down. A really surprising story. Definitely agree with Fitz. It's a very dark story, um, which I was surprised by. I was, yeah, I, I, was, I was hooked. I really liked it. I, of course, you know, like the Aussie aspect always helps a little bit. Um, but sometimes, you know, <clears throat> undertow, um, <laughs> that like carries it, you know, for me. Like I got such a kick out of watching that movie for that reason. But this wasn't that though. Like I enjoyed that aspect of it, but like I would have dug it anyway for sure. Jaden, what about you? Um, connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the movie that told me to check my emails more often. Wait, what? Because because I missed out on the premiere offer because I didn't check my emails. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. No, no yeah. Wow. Yeah. Heard me bitch about it like the other 15 times. I've, I've, I've... I swear to God, I've never heard that. Have I been in, oh, okay. in these calls with you? <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, no, yeah. I, I, I also really enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be so hopeless. Everything you're saying about it, like I, I was very kind of expecting a, a kid's busty ghost type of thing. Um, oh, but it wasn't. Okay. Um, I thought everything was superb from a bunch of actors I've never heard of. Um, I thought who were all fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I love the Australian grit of it all and everything that you've been talking about there. I don't like how at the moment it's being looped in as another A24 film. That really annoys me because although it's like thematically similar to some other stuff in, 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 in their filmography, this was only picked up by A24 pretty late. You know, this is a very Australian film, very Australian tendencies and very, you know, I don't know. People calling it, you know, A24 derivative garbage, it really annoys me because it, I don't know, it, it isn't. But oh, yeah, I'm right. Hmm. Yeah. No, you're right about that. A24 picked it up late, like for, for like US distribution and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but no, a really like incredibly sold Australian horror film. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Something we've all already touched on a little bit, but that was very noticeable to me in the film was the perspective that I think Danny and Michael brought to it as young filmmakers and Gen Z filmmakers. And there, of course, tons of inclusions and little tidbits and, you know, tone that they bring to it and details that they bring to it that stood out to me as authentic and interesting um, that sort of made the film have its own voice tonally and setting wise, particularly, of course, you know, set some in some, I don't know, I guess it's meant to be some like town in South Australia, I think. I don't know. It didn't seem like Adelaide to me. Nah, but, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Adelaide is just a fucking town. That is very, very true. Um, so it's either Adelaide or like whatever the second biggest town in Adelaide is, I guess, or in South Australia is probably. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's that, but then, all the teenage shit, man. You know, you got the goddamn the social medias, the the kids filming everything, the the the, the use of Snapchat in this film repulses mm. me. Um, but like all, all that all that is to say that like it triggers me, but because you know that's the kind of person I am. But like it's all done very well. I, I thought it was all very authentic feeling to the way kids behave, um, or at least I don't know, like my my perception of it, and therefore made the situation feel a lot more real and it made the the things that the decisions that the characters were making even more obnoxious because I'm like, oh, fuck, kids would do this shit. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, God. You know, it didn't feel like I was watching a movie in that sense. It was just like I'm just getting lost in these annoying kids doing this shit, you know, and. Did you watch this, did you watch this with your brother? And he's just like, oh, yeah, that's my mate on the weekend. 
Oh, right. I did watch it with him and he, th- thank God, didn't admit that. But um, because <laughs> I'd have to disown him. Um, yeah, honestly, it's a, I just can't with these kids, man. The, the fact that they all thought, you know, it's the same teenage shit that always happens when they in movies like this, but it's like the fact that they think this is a good idea at all, you know, and like, oh, this is fun. What a thrill. It's like, fuck me. Although I guess it is, it is just meant to be like drugs. That is like, I think the, the, they're pretty clear, like sort of parallel with the possession aspect with the hand represents and stuff. All that is to say is that how do you guys feel about that particular energy that the film brought and if it added some realism to you, if it annoyed you, I just wanted to get some thoughts on that. Cause I feel, and there's some Aussie music in the film too. So that sort of unique voice coming through, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The social media element was really cool. The best thing was that, like, how they they introduced the possession, which was like a throwaway, like Instagram story or something. I thought that was pretty genius. How like you just the first time you witness it, you just see it like on a phone, and it's very it's very unsettling even watching it through that because you know that it's gonna like it's not like a trend or anything. It's actually real. Um, so seeing it through that was like. that's true and they think it's bullshit which which you know you would if it's a trend yeah yeah what else did i notice obviously there was you know like 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 even little things like you know the kid Leroy's music's in the film and even the little things like when uh bloody what's his face the 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 brother um i'm so blank oh uh riley when you know when he's watching the sidemen video on YouTube, it's like things like that oh, yeah, coming through, yeah, yeah. where it's like that's cool because that's like that's totally something that I could see that character doing or anyone his age doing, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. it's 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 always, it's actually exciting to see like an you know accurate depiction of 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 of, of, of youth on screen because mm-hmm. you know when you whenever you watch like Yankee products, you know it all feels all a bit exaggerated. But hey, maybe that's just how they are. Um, right. Right. Whereas, whereas, like I know, I know that these people like are pretty much dead on with what I don't know kids down here are. That yeah. party at the start might have been slightly exaggerated, I'd say. I know um, that was pretty much Riley's party the other day. Yeah. <laughs> other than you know, um, old old mate Corey back in back in two thousand eight or whatever, when he where he threw his massive party, but like, um, it was, I don't know, it was really. And I, I, I just really enjoyed seeing like a fun kind of take on youthful Australian culture because like other ones I've seen were like it's accurate, it's set in Perth, and it's about how bored the kids are there and how shit life is. And I'm not even I, like I'm not even saying that to like piss you off. Like it genuinely is what the movie's about. Um, so like to see kids have fun in like an urban environment in an Australian context, it's um, it's really nice. Hey, what film is that? It's called Maybe... Galore. 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 As in galore? As in pussy galore. That is true. I was actually thinking a bit about that in terms of like, you know when, you know, we're so used to these these teenage things, these high school things, um, coming of age, things, you know, anything that's remotely set with characters in the, of this age group being from Yan- Yankee land. And when they are, like maybe something is lost, you know, to us a little bit. It's like the Americans are always going to, resonate with the, you know those kind of films a little bit more because they're american in them you know what i mean it's just like it's just something that we can't account for or explain until i saw this australian version of it and i'm like it just hits a little bit different just a little bit you know and it's like huh mm. 
It interested me. I was like, maybe, maybe if I was American, some of these other films that I think are kind of cringe, like I'd like you know, them a little bit more. Is yeah. ACT not Perth? I'm sorry. <sighs> you really just tried to to do your old dirty there. I thought I'd better fact check myself. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. We already mentioned the party scene at the start. We can you know, get into some cool scenes and stuff that that they really some really cool direction aspects in the movie. Um, I thought the opening party shot was really good, just sort of taking us right into it, into the craziness of it. But of course, like the crazy, real standout to it that got me um, multiple times throughout the movie. The violence got me, physically reacting. Um, of course, when bloody uh, Duggett, Duckett, is that his name? Oh, Duggett. Duggett. That's a shit name. Mm. Are you just like, <laughs> he's taking my word for it. No, Duckett, Duckett. That's oh, it was yeah. Duckett. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Um, when he stabs his brother and then stabs himself in the freaking face, that was wild, you know. Mm. Um, so that was a strong scene. And then that happens multiple times throughout the film with some crazy violent shit that goes down. So I thought all that stuff was handled really well. We can talk about some other scenes, I guess, in that respect. But that was really good. Acting's really good. For me, the probably one of the standouts of like the first time I thought, oh, this is really capably done in all aspects was like Mia's first possession scene probably. And, uh, oh, I want to make sure I get the actress. It's Sophie Wilde who plays Mia. Um, I've got the cast list here. That's right. She plays Mia. Um, this is pretty much, you know, all the vast majority of the cast barring, um, Miranda, Miranda Otto. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that little movie. Little, yeah, exactly. Um, barring her, you know, it's pretty much everyone's first film, and I think they all did an exceptional job. Sophie Wilde, probably most so. Yeah, strong performance from her in this position scene, but also some other standout stuff in it, like the the makeup's really good in this movie, and I love, of course, it's easy to look at the spirits and their crazy-ass makeup, but then also just the subtle makeup going on with Mia as well is pretty damn good, you know, as she transforms or as she, you know, as the spirit possesses her. So, yeah, that was that was probably my my strongest earliest scene. And then right away, I like I knew from that, oh, yeah, this is good stuff. Um, how do you guys feel about this particular scene? Any any strong aspects of it that stood out? I don't know. I, I like how things – it has an element of exaggeration to it, but it's never goofy. You know, you have, like, the large black eyes. But there is an element of, like – like, it is a bit unsettling still, even though it's kind of – um, it's like elevated, but, um, like that, yeah, that, that was really, all the possession stuff was really great. Um, and like the, I mean, I go into the, you know, the kid bashing himself up. Um, oh, that was, that, that was like way more disturbing than any, anything I saw in like, like hereditary or, um, you, you know, what these other like modern atmospheric horror films um probably because it was just so unexpected um because they kind of set up perfectly the idea that um you know you can't go too far with the possession you can't go um over the time limit um so like when it did happen they kind of perfectly hit the uh i don't know yeah they hit the nail on the head of like what the what the consequences were so that was that was really great it was really like shocking Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the other interesting part of that is like 
the rules of that in terms of, I presume, you know, the, the guys that ha- – Joss and whoever whoever the other person was who have, you know, have the hand. Like, did mm. they just make up this 90-second rule, you know? It's a weird well, thing. It was, quite, it, it was quite a bit of trial and error and finding out who died. Right. No, that's 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 disturbing. Yeah. yeah no, I guess I guess Duckett either uh, went over 90 – no, no he, he probably did blow out the candle, actually, because he still saw the spirits. He yeah, also, candle, did, that's another he also did kind of feel kind of possessed, so maybe he was over 90. I don't know. But, yeah, I imagine it's just trial and error until your mates oh, don't die. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, that's crazy. How do you how do, how do you like the violent aspect of it, Jane? Because like when Riley starts bashing his head, that that was another one of those violent scenes I was talking about. That got me. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. Um, I think a lot of and there I think there are a lot of young people that are calling it violent, but you know they're, they're just a bit unaware of what the genre can do. They're a bit naive to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. You call it Zero. Nah, no, no. It, it definitely was shocking because I, I was expecting it to kind of get burst out of nowhere. But yeah, um, it was it was nice um, to be honest and kind of blunt. Um, but that kind of cult, that that, that whole pos- possession montage is kind of probably like where the film excels the most at filmmaking, and I think it's one of the best like things I've seen in like not a long time because I've seen a lot of great shit. But it is just one of the best things I've seen because I, I think like it's such an effective montage and using the medium as well. Like it's, not, it's not just clips thrown together. It's it's using the camera as it tracks them and it, as, it, as it continues to like tell the very story of that night and, and you know, what is happening. Yeah, um, It's all super effective and I think like really, really brilliant montage. It's like that scene with the music and then Riley bashing his head afterwards and then like the kind of like the emotional reveal just before that. Sorry about Mia's mom. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um, like that that little chunk is, is, is brilliant. Yeah, that all works really well with that tension because like with the you know, the ninety seconds, then, you know, Mia's mum starts supposedly talking to her and it's like, Well, okay, you understand why she would want to continue the connection then how traumatizing that would be and how, you know, surreal that would be. But yeah, of course, that all builds the tension of, you know, you got to break it, and then that's what causes the whole thing, really. So, yeah, no, that shit was disastrous. Anything, anything to do with significant head trauma like that, that, that you know, Riley, that happens to him when he's possessed? Uh, yeah, that, that that particular stuff really gets to me, violence-wise, because... You should watch obviously, Oh, God, is it? <laughs> shit. But anyway, Fitzy said it was... This was worse than hereditary. Well, for, for me, this was like more disturbing. Yeah, I think it probably wow. was like more in your face ish about it. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, this was tough um, for that reason. And, you know, obviously the, when they do it again, you know, in the shower or the hospital, that, that was a crazy scene too. Um, oh, wow. but that was probably, that might have been worse actually, to be honest. But, um, well, they were both pretty bad. But, um, of course, then, you know, the makeup then on Riley, the, Riley's sort of look for the rest of the film with all the makeup they had going on with him, um, mm, yeah, was crazy. And like, because didn't he, he pull one of his eyes out? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. His look for the rest of the film was was really really fantastic with the makeup, but uh, because it was fucking horrifying. Um, so yeah, that that was one particular aspect of the violence of the makeup. What about the actual like, like the spirits though? I think that 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 glimpse we get into the spirit world is probably like one of my other favorite kind of parts of the film, and I think I think it's absolutely extraordinary as well. Um, 
like do you mean like when it's the, when like all the bodies are crowded together yeah yeah and like yeah. it is just dark and sweaty and gross and kind of everyone's just clawing at him and it and it is and like you can see like oh dude i i just think it's it's like it's like a brilliant like an vision of hell um like one of the best kind of like little glimpses the other side of seeing it in the film you know like it's it's it's, it's awesome mm. like really genuinely awesome that little bit that's very true it's like i must admit like when the first spirits show up like when me sees her first one who's like you know the older lady um i was kind of like in terms of the look of them like the makeup was again extraordinary one of the strongest technical aspects here but it was kind of like does this look a bit silly like was it a bit too much like because yeah. she kind of looked like she had like bubbles on her face or you know what i mean it was she kind of like a, bit a like, bog from like the witcher yes yeah, yeah. she exactly she looks like a like what are they called like a, a crone or something whatever yeah you know? yeah yeah. the things that live by the swamp yes yes yeah. it, so i thought my first instinct was that was a bit too much maybe uh like stylistically but interestingly when we get to the end which i definitely want to talk about in detail um, like, and Mia ends up, you know, being the, in that spot, you know, ends up being the spirit, uh, for someone else. And, you know, what she looks like at that point, because I'd sort of been on that journey with her, with her makeup and her continued, uh, you know, decay basically in her face to then get to that point, it sort of justified it. It was like, oh, I, I tracked how Mia got to looking like this and it made perfect sense to me. Then, like, I could see, like, if we were to follow these other characters, that sort of looked maybe a bit too much to me at first. Like, they probably had some crazy shit happen to them too that sort of got them there, you know. But anyway, I guess that's just to say that I thought that by the time we got to the end with Mia's look as well, that was mm. that was pretty strong. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot going on in this movie. Actually, it, I feel like there's a lot being said, and I'm really curious about it. So, in terms of the themes of the film and and the whole ending was a trip and it was a fun trip, but um, in terms of just how dark it was, I really liked that aspect of it. We've talked about it a little bit already, but it really was a holy shit sort of ending for me, but there are still some aspects of it I can't quite square, you know? So right to the end when, when Mia violently um, gets hit by the car, which was a great scene. Um, and really startled me actually <laughs> like the moment like when we when we cut into the driver's perspective um that was really cool but i don't, I don't quite know like why did she jump did she well, first of all did she jump did jade push her that was sort of my first question right away in terms of like what actually happened in that moment what do you guys think i took it as jade pushed her mm, okay yeah. i like that that's good because i guess Suicide is sort of another core theme of the film, I think. So I sort of thought maybe she jumped um, and like did, chose not to, you know, not to take bloody Riley with her, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Jade pushing her, that, that sort of does make more sense, I guess, in a way. So I guess in that sense, Mia basically sort of straight up becomes like the villain of this movie, in a way. Mm. Just becoming possessed, trying to take everyone out in the end. You know, she was obviously listening to the spirits in doing so at least that is, is that what you guys think was going on at the end like she mm. sort of got fully consumed by them and just started doing their bidding basically yeah so my question is like are, are all of the spirits demonic is like is, is the mom ever benevolent or is she always just is that always just like um a disposition she's in? 
assuming. Or is it, isn't that is what even... we're told? Isn't we're told that it's mimicking the mum, not it's not actually the mum. Okay, so like the the mum that was being the the mum which was not the mum which was mimicked was also. I guess she led her to killing her dad as well. Yeah, telling her it was a mimic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that but was that, all bullshit. Yeah. That's kind of what I was wondering because like. Yeah, I was wondering if it was like uh, just like a simple case of like devil's facade kind of thing, or if there was like um, ever any like genuine connection with like the dead. But um, yeah, well, it is in a sense. But yeah, yeah, they don't really like. Apparently, there's a prequel and a second one already been working on, so I imagine yeah. those would go into more of the lore of the other side, because I think that's like probably like the one thing that this movie kind of skipped on not that it needed it um because i think they did a brilliant job working the law of real life but yeah i think i think in regards to all that stuff i reckon that's probably gonna be answered soon yeah yeah there's a lot of possibilities there i guess on that it is odd to me how well yeah I, i mean first of all i definitely did take it that the spirits aren't like the people themselves you know they are some sort of um, you know, gross misrepresentation of them in some way, I guess. Because, like, yeah, it is a trick, the whole thing. Uh, that's what I took, you know, I like, took the reveal of Mia's mum having written the letter as that, you know. Like, she did intend to kill herself, you know, which suggests that the, the, the spirit is lying, you know. Mm. Hmm. But, like, Mia, but Mia becomes, like, a spirit at the end, which made me think that sometimes these are just, like, real people at the other side. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah, that 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 is interesting. So then, like, yeah, who is Mia at the end? Then, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Is that right, still is her, just like is totally it? possessed? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that is an interesting point because when we when we follow her perspective at the end, it's sort of, I mean, we don't really get enough because it sort of just ends. But, so uh, I guess we don't fully understand it, but. I sort of it, it does feel like it is just me in the at the end, you know, in, obviously in a different realm or whatever, but mm. in a different plane. But it does feel like it's her. Maybe um, because there are maybe because there are good spirits. Maybe uh, sorry, sorry, maybe there are good spirits, but maybe because maybe, maybe because of the way that Riley was dying is the reason that it attracted so many violent ones, right? And like that's what we were seeing, like the kind of. Fucked up ones because you know how they're saying like when like if he dies they get his body or whatever they get like they get him forever like maybe mm-hmm. that's oh yes yeah yeah that, that's probably why we don't really see any good spirits there might have been some in the possession like that they do and that might be why they keep on doing the possessions but then if you get a bad one then maybe that locks in and you know oh okay interesting so then what would that mean for Mia's mum. What is that? You know what I mean? What well, I think that at mean? that point, I, th- I think we, I think we need to always assume that it was never Mia's mom. It was always a, it was always a mimic, right? So, he- okay, okay. Wait, so I'm mis- am I misunderstanding what you're saying? So then, how does that, how does that come about? So, so like you're rolling the dice every time, right? And let's say a one is a good spirit, and then the other five are bad spirits, right? So you might be getting a good spirit every, 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 every one sixth, but then you know every other one is going to be bad. You mean when you when you interact with the hand? Yeah, and and but like I'm just saying, like the reason we don't see any good spirits after that is because 
Riley has already been hurt, and now all the bad spirits are getting attracted. Oh, okay, okay, maybe, maybe. Who knows? So why is so why is mum's a bad why is me's mum a bad spirit? Like why what is she? Because she's already mimic at that point. I'm saying, I'm 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 saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess why would she be? Well, I, I don't know. It, it makes sense that they're all bad spirits because it's obviously like a satanic ritual, I guess. Sure. Um, sure. And then, like, the first – when she first sees her mom, it's not her because she's trying to basically um, make the kid stay longer. Um, but uh, I guess they, they did say that they like the kid. So, so like, when the kid does the possession, they, like, put on this extra show so that they can <laughs> get him, you know? Um yeah. So maybe they have preferences, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, they have preferences. They, they they had a preference for the kid and not the um the Christian the Christian kid, you know. They wanted the kid who was like going to parties at an early age, but they didn't want the the good Christian boy. You know? <laughs> right. That's a good point. Yeah, he never mm. nothing, that shit didn't happen to him. Yeah, that's true. Um Well they they, they did directly say that, like they don't like him. Spirits don't like you. Oh, that's right. That's true. So then, yeah, I guess all all this doesn't paint a nice picture for Mia at the end, then, does it? I mean, not. I mean, she died. It's not. That's not nice. But <laughs> I mean, in terms of her afterlife existence. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a pretty depressing ending. Yeah. Yeah. Really depressing. Honestly, I was definitely not expecting her to die. First of all. Maybe the, I don't know if there's more significance with Mia's mum in terms of the suicide themes. I feel like they, I feel like there is um, another sort of core. I, I guess if you take that, and I'm I, I'm trying to see if some of these ideas can be combined or not. Um, there's that, and then there's of course the other recurring motif in the film is sort of the idea of the kangaroo and putting it out of its misery. And that comes back, of course, you know, when you literally see the kangaroo again in the hospital, um, you know, and like, do you put, should she kill Riley, you know? And ultimately, uh, like, that is, I think, right, like the spirits encouraging her to do that as a negative thing to do. Because it's like, oh, you know, because it'll give, it'll then, what, because then if Riley dies, then they the spirits mm. get him, you know, and she, they're, they're trying to basically stir her on to do it. So I didn't know if there was, I don't know, some sort of interesting commentary at play there perhaps um, about making sure you don't put roadkill out of their misery. You know what I mean? But isn't that like, isn't that, isn't that the kind thing to do? Isn't that what you're meant to be doing? Well, <laughs> I, was, I actually wrote it down already before I knew it was going to become significant at the end um, because I thought it was an interesting like uh, moral conundrum, I suppose. I don't know. A lot of people probably feel that way. I personally would never put the animal out of its misery, personally. Mm. But I've, maybe that's controversial. I don't really know. Well, I think uh, I think that kind of plays on later on because, like, because Mia keeps on. Wait, I, I, I think I might have just tuned out. What were you saying about Mia later on? How are you saying it? It, it links. Oh, I'm not sure how it links, other than um, like the 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 spirits are encouraging her to kill Riley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, under the guise that, oh, you're putting him out of his misery. Yeah. But really, I just want him. That's, what, that's right. what I'm saying. And, but at the end, it looks like she's about to relinquish, right? It looks like she's about to stop, yeah? And it look, she takes her hands off the, off, the, off, the, off the wheelchair, right? And it looks like she's going to stop. It looks like she, like, decides that she can't stop, right? She can't do it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's why if, at the end it feels kind of more like 
like she kind of did kind of escape the grass before you know maybe it was only going to be momentary and then it kind of did feel like jade killed her so like maybe she does become vengeful or like kind of you know a retribution kind of spirit in that sense right oh okay oh wait hang on so uh, do you mean that could have redeemed her spirit in a way do you think that then could have led her to become a positive spirit like whatever word you want to use like no the opposite Wait, oh, really? Yeah, because she got killed by her best friend. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Right. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, to be consistent, like, because she didn't give in in the end, she sort of rejected the spirit's calling in her head Yeah. in the end. But then she's obviously, she, like, she still got shoved, <laughs> right? But, yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe I thought you were, saying, so you were, like, getting to the opposite result of that. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, like, 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 so, like she, important, she, saved, she, she saved herself-ish. But then she gets right. killed by a friend, and, that, and maybe that makes her, like, you know. Yeah, And then she yeah. feels embittered by them all leaving in the hospital, you know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. No, that's interesting. No, I, the, the her putting her hands off the wheelchair, I actually sort of forgot about that. That is significant. I feel that's important. So, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, like I said, like just trying to put together those ideas a bit more, you know, uh, I guess in a bit more of a real-life scenario, I'm just – like the, the legitimately the the closest thing I can come up to is like Danny and Michael wouldn't wouldn't kill the kangaroo. You know what I mean? I'm but I'm like, what does that mean? I feel like this. I feel like they're saying something here. I feel like, like Danny and Michael would definitely fucking kill the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I don't know whether how they come across in their interviews, but like you can watch their videos. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. That fucking fish Mate, we'd fucking shoot that kangaroo right up, you know? Like, okay. That, that, yeah. that was a good voice for them. That, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I've been, I've been only because I've been listening to them. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. No, that's that's interesting. Um, maybe, maybe we can figure out ways to continue solving this puzzle because something that they – I was listening to them a lot basically trying to get answers to these questions um, and they were – they were not really giving me much in the in this particular area that we've just been talking about, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. But one thing that they did talk about, which may be related, um, well, it must be related in some way, is the fact that they mentioned in twice in separate interviews I listened to that the core theme of the film for them is basically about authentic relationships and rejecting them, re- rejecting inauthentic relationships and accepting true relationships in people's lives and the the obvious ones for me are you know she rejects her dad all the time that never comes around actually you know that that's actually one of the things i was totally expecting you know that to be an arc you know what i mean but that was just no she just fucking stabbed her dad and that was it so that that ended up really bad but then they specifically talked about like the the hand is meant to you reach out to it and you hold it it's like it's, it's meant to represent uh, false relationship, basically that you ex- that you accept into your life, and I thought I was sort of trying to think about that a little bit more, and I sort of thought, okay, that sort of makes sense in terms of like why she then listens to the spirits and sort of lets them guide her, and maybe you can draw parallels to that. I guess if you look at like the teenage setting and the party setting of the film, and you sort of obviously they all get high on the hand in a way and you can sort of you know suggest they're saying something about peer pressure and you know letting bad inauthentic people into your life and listening to them and doing terrible shit with it you know i think there's something to be said about that 
But yeah, that's just what I picked up from some of their interviews. I don't know how that might relate to some of these other ideas. But if I guess if they're, you know, if they're saying don't let shit people into your life and don't do drugs, I mean, pretty, you know, good messages, I guess. But I don't know, all that sort of does sound reductive in its own way as well. So um, I was curious about that. I don't know, but I, I like the idea that she's like a clingy person um, and that that's how she she like um that's how they set up that she's like uh that's how she copes with you know her mom's um death kind of and this that's kind of the quality that leads her to um to cling to the spirits i guess um Mm. but the relationship between her and her friend seemed like the friend was like you know a decent person it seemed like so it didn't it didn't seem like she was having like an, an inauthentic relationship in that way. But like maybe in the way that she clinged to her was like the inauthenticity of it, you know, instead of like in place of like ignoring her dad, that was like the main issue pre-possession, I guess, with her. Right, right, mm. right. I didn't, yeah. I mean, ignoring her dad was definitely, definitely the issue pre-possession. Yeah, I know. I didn't interpret the. I mean, you could you could definitely argue maybe that like that was an interesting way to reveal that aspect of her personality. You know, because she she does straight up like basically live with this other family. Mm. You know, as a means to cope. Basically, it sort of seems like so. That's that's very true. Um, I didn't view the relationship as Jade as a negative one, though. No, it didn't um, seem that negative. But no, it, it seemed no. like the seeds of something negative were there. You know what I mean? Well, then she fucking pushed her off the. On the freeway, so yeah, potentially that is true, and that sort of did become a bit of a bit of a melodrama in the film, um, you know, with like the whole like you sleeping with my boyfriend. That was one particular layer to the story I didn't really need personally, um, mm, just because it yeah. felt a bit felt like like there were like five other elements to the plot that were all like quite interesting and supernatural and all this, and then there was sort of this that sixth one that was there too, and I'm like, yeah, yeah you could have cut that one, made it feel a bit cliche, but maybe I don't know, maybe the idea is to make it more like relatable in some way i don't know a bit more maybe you needed something that wasn't some aspect of the dynamic that wasn't just the crazy shit you know what i mean right. just the uh just the just the lady putting uh putting your foot you know what i mean when she was eating the foot you know what i'm saying you know what i'm talking about the spirit putting the foot in the mouth of that kid the christian kid sure the spirit did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly we said a whole lot there. Basically, I said a whole lot there. But I do think the film does have a fair bit to say about teenage, you know, relationships, mental health, suicide. I think all these things are sort of tied up in what the film is about. And you take out the supernatural elements, and I think there's something there quite strongly, you know, dealing with grief and all that kind of shit that makes the film connect, um, even if I don't have all the answers, you know. Jane's looking at me like he's got no fucking clue what I'm talking about, but no, that's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> so I don't know. There was, there, was a, there was a cool hand in it. Fair enough. Um, speaking of the hand, what do you reckon? You already brought it up, Jane. What, what, what are the possibilities for the sequel that you'd want to see most? Well, I wouldn't want to see another group of kids going through the cycle again. Um, I feel like that's kind of likely, though. Don't yeah, you? I, I'm worried that it is kind of likely, and I, I, like. You need to do something special if you're going to do that again and then try to play it off as 
I don't know. Exciting. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where you take this because a sequel and a prequel in the plans, right? Is that true? I know there's uh, there's another there is another film coming. Well, Letterbox has both listed. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. I think a prequel going back too far could be interesting, but also could be really bad. Like if you go back to the original, mm. you know, medium. Yeah, I don't really need that. Personally. No, no. But at the same time, like, what are you going to do in between? Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to see this this similar story again, you know? Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I, I do actually really like, it's a tiny choice, but I do really like the choice at the end to have, like, the then the people that then next connect with the hand and me is there, like, be Greek. Um, That's because it's literally just, just Oakley. Like, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's, it's literally just Melbourne, man. Like, it's... it's, it, it's... Oh, is it, is it actually? I don't know what I'm saying. It could be because there's so many great oh, people yeah, down this way. No, that's no. Of course, there are great people. But uh, to me, the choice sort of suggested that it was like the hand can be anywhere, kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. international vibes, you know. So like I thought that was cool. So that like opened sort of its own little world of possibilities right at the end. But um, yeah. Well, to be fair, yeah. Like- what well-renowned medium is there in fucking Australia? Have their hand <laughs> right. sliced off and embalmed. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Exactly. So it's like. I don't know. I feel like Mia sort of might be involved in some way too, you know, mm. in the future. Um, but the the other main takeaway from the interviews I was listening to was that Danny and Michael were talking a lot about how they, like, first of all, pumped about making another movie. Like to them, they, they, they were talking about it like they'd make five of these movies, um, which was which was cool because they basically created. They have the whole mythology of the hand. They know it all. Like they have this. They call it like a bible, you know. Of like they know all the lore about it. Um, that they wrote out. So, oh, really? um, yeah, yeah. So, like, they were like, a lot of the interviews I was also listening to was before the sequel was greenlit because, you know, it was around the film festivals and shit. And they kept saying, they were saying over and over again, if we get the chance to make another one, if someone will pay for it, we'd love to do it. So, and they got it. So, yeah, it's just about what they, you know, that's cool, but it's just about what they choose to do. At least I have some confidence in that they have a fair few ways to go with their ideas, I guess. Mm. They're pretty creative blokes if you've seen their YouTube channel, so, you know. Right. So they can do some stuff. When you asked last week if I'd seen their videos, I didn't realize, but I have. I, I didn't realize they, they were the people that did the WWE moves in public videos. Oh. I've, se- I've seen those videos before. And I didn't I didn't realize it was them. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, like they go to like, and they're just always in like Australian like CBDs doing it, <laughs> you know. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that's a that's a funny connection there for sure. Luke wrote in a review for Talk to Me, and he said, "A bit underwhelming. I thought it would be more horror. I even watched it at night, and it wasn't scary. Too much hooting and hollering." Uh, what do you give it? Oh, you gave it uh, a five out of ten, I think. I'm yeah. Next. I guess I can understand that. Like, I didn't personally find the film scary, but like, I found it aspect like we were talking about the violence aspect of it confronting, and uh, yeah. But you know, I'm not that kind of person. I don't really watch horror movies for this st- for scares and thrills anyway. So that stuff didn't bother me. But I guess I can sort of see it. Jan, how do you respond to the scare factor? I just think spooky's a uh, spooky, spooky, and you know, I just, uh, I just don't think we're ever gonna align. Spooky wasn't spooked enough. No. Mm-hmm. Actually, let me, let me just so like it's like you commented on the Australian music before. Yeah. Did you like it? Um. Yeah, because it was like, well, I noticed the kid Leroy was there, like. It wasn't Hilltop Hoods, was it? It was no, something I don't like know, that, I sort of thought. Like I don't know. Aussie drill, Aussie hip hop, 
it, it, it's all a bit meh for me because like the production's fine, but then as soon as they start like rapping in their Aussie accent, it's, mm. oh, it's, it's oh, really yeah. horrible, you know. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I should say as a genre of music, I agree with you. I wouldn't listen to it, but like I thought it fit the film. Yeah, it, like, it did fit the film. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whenever yeah, no, I hear, I just think like, like, what should you talking like, like. Like, like, especially like that one where it's like, you know, we do it in Brizzy and we, they get blamed us in Sydney and they blame us in Melbourne and they do it in Sydney. And I'm like, what the fuck are you getting blamed for? Like, shut up. Yeah. Like, like, you don't. Yeah. Like, like, you're, you're role playing as if, like, you know, this is America yeah. or something like it. Like, it's yeah. not. Like, calm down, mate. Like, it's Compton. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Brizzy. Well, I'm glad you remembered that because that was a spot on impersonation of it, too. Oh, God. Okay. All right, let's get to our final verdicts for Talk to Me, Fitzy. I'll I'll give the film a seven out of ten. I yeah, I feel like it, it, some of the issues are a bit unresolved, but um, you know, still a yeah. great uh, just experience in general. So yeah, seven out of ten. I'll slip an eight on it. Um, yeah, I I I, I totally agree with you unresolved it's definitely how it feels especially even after like you know the whole conversation uh, i attempted to bring up about the themes feels unresolved no doubt about <laughs> that but i don't know again like sort of i, I feel like i've talked there's been a few films like this a few weeks in a row that's sort of been like this like the killer was sort of one where and it's Leo. like and of course of course yeah. Yeah. um where it's like yeah unresolved but left me a lot to think about still felt like a complete experience though you know like i didn't feel Right. unsatisfied with it or anything and uh and i also don't want to i don't want to play down how much i did actually like the the shower scene the car the the, the me getting hit by the car the opening scene like i did physically react to these scenes they were very impactful to me so um yeah i'll slap an eight on it for those reasons Jaden, um i'm gonna your eight as well um i don't have an issue with anything being unresolved because i i, I kind of like where the movie leaves us with everything but i just feel like it loses its footing probably in the third act not significantly um but it just feels like a, a, t- a tightness that was present in the first in the first half in the first you know two thirds um it feels like it disappears and when mia really starts losing it i feel like the movie just loses track a little bit too um, but yeah oh yeah okay I, I really liked it when mia like when that aspect of it when she's in the hospital but do you mean like more so when she's like at the christian dude's house oh no so when the christian dude's at her house and then like with the stuff with her dad because that i sort of get what you mean if that's the area Partly, you're yeah i i just i just think that that, that I, I just think they lose um how do i do if it, it, it feels like they're almost like it's, it's, it's like they're it's like they're on a train and and and, and they change the gauge right um and 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 the, and the track they're meant to go on is only slightly de- de- deviating from the track they are going on, you know. But I feel like okay. it it ends up it ends up impacting me. Got it. There is something to be said for the. I, I did briefly say it, but like, she does kill her dad, right? Or does he not die? Uh, I think I think he doesn't die. Right. She does stab gets dead in time. Yeah. 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 That that I mean that's pretty crazy to be honest. Like. That almost feels like, with all the shit that happened at the end, it's like almost easy to forget that. But like, that was sort of a crazy scene in itself. The thing is, like, because like she blames her dad for being absent, but then like, every time we see him, he kind of is trying to make attempts to open up. Oh yeah, he's putting in a good effort. Yeah, yeah it's, it's her. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Again, rejecting the true relationships in her life, mm. Jane. 
Yeah, good point, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done. I should say good point, Michael and Danny. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, no original analysis here. Uh, let's get into news chat. We've got a couple of trailers to talk about. Um, more than a couple, actually. We got... We'll, we'll quickly just jump into uh, into Fallout first because we did talk about this last week. Um, literally, I think it was, it was less than 24 hours after we talked about it, they just dropped the trailer. So uh, that was nice of them. Jaden, what did you think of this trailer? Um, I loved it. I, I really loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I'm a big Fallout 4 fanboy, um, and, 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 as you may know. Um, and, and so the fact that this is following Fallout 4's aesthetic is, uh, you know, fucking banging. Um, I think... Ella looks great, and then the Brotherhood looks great. I think everything about it looks fantastic. Uh, Walton looks great, you know. Um, a lot of people are taking issue with a lot of it, which surprised me because when I watched this, I, I just thought it was everything was just spot on. Um, but no, yes, I, I did yeah. love this trailer a lot. Yes, yes, I liked it a lot too. I don't want to repeat myself too much from last week because a lot of the visual stuff is the same from the images, and that's all still very good. So I guess it was mainly getting a sense of the of the tone of the vibe and what they did with the music, you know, mm. and it's like, oh yeah. That, and it's like, so that was sort of the, the next aspect to learn about. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Really thought they understood it well in the trailer. So hell yeah. I'm in, yeah. I'm very in, I'm very, in. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Did you get the chance? Did you watch this Fitzy? No, no. Okay. Cool. 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 No, that's fine. Um, so yes, that's coming out in April. So get hyped for that. Uh, speaking of Amazon, they, of course, dropped a teaser for The Boys Season 4. You did watch this one, though, Fitzy. What do you think? Yeah, I did watch this one. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was good. What happened again? Um, there was some... Homelander and his kid, were they? Mm. they standard I don't know. Yeah, it was like a pretty standard progression of the story. Um, I guess... It feels like they're getting to the point where like more stuff needs to change though, like especially with Homelander, because like how how many barriers can can he break, you know, how, like before mm. he uh, is just a villain. So it feels like the season where they need to pick a pick a road, you know, is is he a, a good fully point. fledged villain or not? Um, so but uh, yeah, it was a good trailer, you know. The, the trailers for the boys are always good. Like the Heroes vs. Villain Season 3 trailer was sick. This trailer, it introduced some new side characters, which look pretty cool. So, yeah, looks good. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Did you watch this one, Jaden? Yeah, I kind of skipped through it. Um, kind of because of what they're saying about, like, how it, 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 it feels kind of same-ish. But, yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right in saying, like, that this is the season that they need to do something with the characters. Like, you can't get away with it the way that you do in comics. We can keep on doing the same story over and over. And just kind of mm. introduce a character and do, do a little twist like this. Because it gets stale too fast for television. Um, they've been safe so far. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But like, I just hope it, they don't do that and don't like, you know, introduce another seasoned villain or another, another soldier boy or, you know, whatever the Nazi chick was in season two. Um, right. Yeah. But there will be, yeah. There will be, there will be like another character like that. But hopefully they're not as central to the plot and like just there to be taken down i guess sure, sure. Yeah, i don't I'm, want to spoil I'm, it if you talk about the covenant in your highlights shannon but how much of a surprise was anthony star popping up in that 
Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he kind of does that though. Like, like even even in the horror movie I watched the other week, um, Cobweb, like he just rocks up and like as, as like the main dad. I'm like, oh, dude, what? Oh really? Yeah, cool, cool. No, he he's always fun. Um, am I the only one who watched this House of the Dragon trailer? No, I watched it. I watched it. Oh, cool. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it looks good. Looks like they're fully, you know, gonna revolve the story around dealing with the the fallout of you know what happened in the last episode, I guess, which makes perfect sense. Um, you know, some I think there was some like magic introduced, which did Hot D have like magical characters? I can't remember, but um, it looks it looks so, cool either. anyway. And you know, we're gonna get like there was another kid on a dragon, so we're gonna get like dragon. Battles or whatever, they're like, you know, the big means of power, I guess, the, the A-bombs, so, you know, have a bit of a cold war, that'll be fun. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Looks good. I feel like, you know, I really enjoyed season one. I feel like that story, you know, when we had the first half of it with the younger cast and then it aged up and then sort of grew and, and blossomed from there in terms of, like, expanding the cast of different players and we sort of got... Because then, like, obviously, Alicent then had all her kids and shit, and that sort of opened it up in the last few episodes. And mm. now I feel like this trail sort of sets the sets the stage for, like, obviously, yes, the conflict to come set up at the end of last season. But now it's like, I feel like now all the players are here. You know, it's like they've arrived, and it's yeah. like everyone's on the table basically now. It's sort of, I'm sure there'll be new characters too, but I just mean like the core dynamics at play. We sort of met them growing up, and now it's like they're here. They're, we'll see what they do. You know, so. Um, yeah, obviously it looks amazing. So I am very excited. It comes out in about middle of next year, I think. So is it, is, cra- is it crazy that I did not hear one whisper of a trailer or any kind of news about this dropping at all? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I, I definitely did. Oh. Like, like, yeah, but like, it was, I didn't see it. Reddit, Twitter. Yeah, it's crazy. You didn't see it on Reddit. That's... YouTube. I didn't see it on anything. It was not promoted to me a single time. Really? Not promoted, not posted, not talked about in any kind of capacity at all. That's odd. That is odd. I don't know. It's just something about, uh, I just showed up my about your poor taste. Mm. You know? Well, actually, it's because the algorithm knows through the last episode that we did on it that it, you don't yeah, like it. I listen to you. Doesn't rec- yeah, it doesn't recommend it to you. Something I'm sure it did push to you, though, Jan, was Godzilla and Kong, the new empire. Yes. What do you think of this one? Uh, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm like when I say I saw like a few clips, like it's not an exaggeration. Um, oh, like, so you didn't actually watch the trailer? No, no. Oh, my apologies. Um, but I, I did see. Did you see the shot of like Godzilla and Kong like running at some like space base or some shit? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, d- I did comment yeah. that on the Discord. It was pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Um, but I saw That's all. I didn't issue watch with that. But like, um, but like, like a lot of people take an issue with it, like because it, it's goofy. But then like everyone came to the defense and like. Godzilla's always been goofy, like fucking drop kicking animals and stuff like that in, in like the original like Godzilla stuff, so Drop kicking animals? Well, his his enemies, you know. I need to see that shit. That sounds hilarious. But uh, there's there's like so many Godzilla movies that you can like kind of say anything and justify it with like something that's previously come before. You know? True. What's that yeah. what's yeah. it what's it called in law when you do that? Precedent? Legal precedent? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh yeah, it was good. It looked fun. It looked, uh, you know, bigger and better than Godzilla vs Kong. 
So I hope it is. Cool. Okay. What are they like teaming up against? Oh, uh, I can't remember. People were commenting it, but it was some, yeah. I think, wasn't it like a big, it was like a big monkey, wasn't it? That the baby in the trailer? I don't know. Oh, it's going to be like another monster. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It won't be a human, so. Uh, <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Interesting. Is Skarsgård still around? I think I saw him in the background for like one second. So, yes. Okay. 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 That might get me there. Now it's time for our highlights of the week, I suppose. Jaden, what have you been watching? I've been, I've been, I've been, oh, dude, I was meant to search up her name so I don't say it wrong um, before this. But I'm watching a lot of products with um with Io in it. Io, Ed, Ed, I think that's right. Yeah. Isn't it? I don't know. Um, um, like I started watching the Bear season one. Um, no, I, I finished the Bear season one. Sorry, I started and I finished it. Um, she rocked up in theater camp. She was the voice in um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and I, I, oh, like who is she in Turtles? Sorry, she's April O'Neil. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Um, and 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 I just gonna say like she 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 is fantastic. She's she's brilliant in everything. Um, even her little role in theater camp, I'm very excited to watch Bottoms for her. Yeah, she's 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 been my highlight of the week because yeah, she just keeps on popping up. Cool, cool. So was that wait? Was some of these a coincidence or? Well, yeah, because like I didn't, I didn't know she was in any of these. Like I, I started really? the bear, I started the bear, and and she rocked up, and I was like, oh, cool. And then and then and then um, which I, yeah, and I was watching theater camp, and and like I saw that she had like a, she was she was on like one of the top like kind of like castings where she had a. Maybe like a minute of screen time, Liam. You reckon? No, nah, she she was there a bit. No, nah, she wasn't. She had like yeah, she had like three jokes, like teaching a class, and like at the end performance, and then oh. when Jimmy Tatro introduced her. I mean, they cut they cut back to her a bit. She was she was a she was a comic relief for sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. but it was still exciting to see her there. And then yeah, as April, like at the end of the film, I was like, I I know that voice. That's crazy. And, and then she rocks That's up. So like, oh. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. I love that. All right. well, what was the top of her products? The bear, hundred percent. Everything you guys say is right. Everything everyone says is right. It is, it, it is brilliant. It is fantastic. I'm, I'm, is. I'm not. I, I don't want you to throw me in this. I'm not a. I'm not like. I don't love the bear. Oh well, you don't. Oh shit. No, sorry. I think it's. I think. I think. I think it's good. I think it's good. Liam, you're hundred percent right. Everything you say is right. You're. You know. I threw myself under the bus then. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want anything misrepresented. I didn't want anyone saying. You know, I heard Zach three episodes ago say he thought the bear was. I, I actually thought like, you loved the bear, like season one at least. I thought I did like season one better, but like, yeah. I still didn't love it. Love oh, it. Okay. What should I talk? I can talk about Napoleon. I guess. Oh, yeah. Do you guys want me to talk about Napoleon, or is that like you don't want spoilers? I don't know. I, well, I won't spoil it, but you know what I mean. I don't know. Just read it. No, just, <laughs> just you know, it's, it's history, Zach. You yeah. can't spoil it. I so disagree with that. I'm sure you do too. But um, okay, so a few things with Napoleon. I did really like it. The action sequences are phenomenal. So I was confronted with the reality. I knew Ridley Scott's obviously an old gentleman. You know what I mean? When I was confronted with the reality after seeing this film that this man is 86 years old today. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, 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 it's truly astonishing to me that this man is doing this shit. You know, love, love me some Clint. Don't get me wrong. This is on a whole new level. This is, this is, 
five times bigger than any production that Clint's made in the last 20 years, you know, so just truly exceptional stuff there. My Keen's Joaquin, so, you know, you got good stuff there. But for me, the film sort of pacing-wise, as someone who knows nothing about Napoleon and was going into the film interested to learn about him, it let me. It failed me a little bit in areas, just because it sort of it skips over aspects that were like key questions I was having, and sort of I don't know if it's meant to be like assumed knowledge or what the philosophy behind some of these choices are in terms of things to include and not include. But there were noticeable spaces where I'm like, okay, hang on, okay, now, okay, now he's just doing this, but like I feel like I just missed five years, and then like, what? Why is he doing this now? And it's like. That happens a few times. So that was tricky for me to sort of um, deal with. It sort of made me feel like I sort of needed to do my homework about the guy beforehand, which wasn't exactly what I was after. But at the same time, then coming out of the film, I um, I was listening to some interviews with, with Ridley and one of my favorite film podcasts did an interview with him and, and it came up that there's a four-hour cut of this movie um, <laughs> and apparently it's going to be released on Apple. And I was, it's one of those few situations where I'm like, oh, I definitely want to watch that because I feel like almost just, I can feel it in the film, in the, in the, in the theatrical cut that there's, I can almost feel the missing spaces where it's like, oh, I think that cut's going to give me what I want in terms of these story questions and, and, and stuff that it's left a little bit unexplored because there are just, again, some assumed knowledge things, I think, some timeline things where it's like, wow, we really just did just sort of jump head into this next conflict that I sort of don't understand how it even came about in the first place. But I don't care because it's a 15-minute incredible battle sequence there. I just don't really understand exactly why why he's fighting these people right now. Exactly. So anyway, that happens a few times. I hope the four-hour cut might resolve it. I actually do genuinely really want to watch that cut. So even though I didn't love the film, um, that cut, the cut I watched, I am optimistic that yeah, an extended version of it might actually improve my issues with it. So obviously that's, we'll have to wait and see. But yes, visually, production-wise, Napoleon is an achievement. It is unbelievable. Um, really, Scott, putting, putting the shit out. Um, are you guys keen to see it, by the way? Napoleon? Like, how high is it on your watch list? I mean, we're off by some like bad reviews, I guess. Oh, okay. And also by, you know that Japanese Criterion Closet Channel, which like, Killing Murphy did a video for. Yeah. Well, then, well, um, there was like a thing with Joaquin Phoenix and Ridley Scott, and in the first like minute, they talk about how they didn't, they didn't talk to each other about the character. I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of put me off as well. But That's, that is fair enough. I personally like. I personally didn't feel any of that watching the film, but like that, that, like that is pretty funny. <laughs> Um, so yes, anyway, Fizzy, what did you watch? Uh, I guess I watched, yeah, I watched Still Life. Um, I watched it in bits and pieces. Um, this film on Stan, it's about this council worker who tries to find relatives of the dead and like puts together a funeral for them. And it's got, it's got Eddie Marsden who is like, he's a really underrated actor. Um, he, he's usually just like a background um, character actor, and I'd, I've never seen him in a starring role like this. So he was very good as a kind of, you know, humble 
caught, man. Yeah, the, the film, the film's nothing special, really. I mean, there, there, there is some cool production design. It's, it's very, like, neat at times. It's very, like, um, it, it's pretty picturesque, I guess. Um, and pretty, like, just well framed in general. The, um, yeah. I don't know, def- not not something you need to, you know, watch right away, but still a decent British film. Social realism, it's very like Mike Lee. Oh, okay. Eddie Marza, so this is, oh, this is Fair Play Man. Yeah, but he's in like everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd seen him a ton, yeah, for sure, I'll, for sure. Yeah. He's got a very yeah. recognisable face. Liam can name at least three movies that he's also in. Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes 2, and The Professor and the Madman, and... But that's not what are you thinking of? No, I'm just saying because because you played him in 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 Cine Two Nerdle. Oh, you played that movie. Oh, did I? Oh, right. Mm. Holy shit, he's in so many movies I've seen. Just like he's just like always there. Yeah, I, I was watching like a bit of this random movie uh, after I watched Still Life, and I'm like, I was thinking that how he just appears, and then he fucking appeared as like a prison, you know, guard escorting escorting mm. Sean Penn. So I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, right, right. Very good. Now comes the segment where we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week, we asked you, if you could talk to anyone in human history, have a chat, who would it be? Now, these answers took the question in a few problematic directions. Andy's, I mean. Um, But... The thing about this question also is that, I don't know if you guys knew this when we came up with the question, but I didn't know what the premise of this film was. I was just going off of the fact it was called Talk To Me, right? So I didn't understand it was actually, you could actually communicate with the dead in it, or like that was, you know, an aspect of it. So like knowing that, it probably should have been dead people only, to be honest. But um, anyway, doesn't matter. I didn't understand that. So it's whatever, I guess it got this chaotic mess instead. Andy said, my initial answer was Gromit from Wallace and Gromit, but I remembered he doesn't have a mouth. Um, I definitely would have dropped kicked would have dropped kicked Wallace, uh, the useless shithead, for him. But the person I would love to have a conversation with the most is the farmer from Sean the Sheep. And then uh, I needed to clarify no. in the Discord that this is who Andy was talking about. So, <sighs> human history, all right, not. I feel like characters is a different question. And, and look, I'm not going to try and judge the, the, the answer too hard. You know what I mean? If it were characters, I could roast it. But, like, doesn't even fit the question. So it's like, mm. I think, Andy, you failed on, like, multiple levels with this answer. I'm sorry. You know, usually, Andy, your answers are very good. But it's like, man. But also, why do you want to talk to Cheese Crumbit? Absolutely. Mm. There is that. He said, in his defense, he did say he would have liked to have talked to Gromit. I personally would like to have a chat with Sean the Sheep, but, you know. Luke said, either early 20s Isaac Newton or late-life Albert Einstein. Honourable mention, of course, to Ben Mendelsohn. That's great. Yeah, of course, no doubt about that. I mean, we're lucky to have Ben on the show, so, you know, we yeah, can arrange that. Luke. Yeah, the chance we couldn't be here on that one. I think in that one, like, what happened? Wasn't it, wasn't it Ben came in the call and Spooky left it? For like, mm. like, Spooky dropped that writer's Ben join it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, because that's all the time he had for us. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, just missed him. Damn, mm. that was, you know, 
Luke will get there one day with men, Ben Mendelsohn, no doubt. But uh, Men Mendelsohn. Men Mendelsohn. <laughs> men Mendelsohn. Um, anyway, um, I guess those are pretty good answers. Late life Albert Einstein. You sort of got you got a bit of that channel in Oppenheimer. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to actually have a chat to it, that's fair enough. Jaden, how much thought did you put into this question? You're gonna hate me for this, um, but I, 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 I kind of reject this question because I think to, 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 to have one person in human history, you know, living or dead, we'll say at the moment, it, it, it places a lot of importance on that one person, and I just don't hold anyone in high enough regard or gravitas or like desire to really be able to answer it because say one exact person would mean that this person has more value than any other person to me anyway, you know? So that's why I reject your question because I don't, I don't really, I don't really like anyone enough. You don't want to talk to Nick I, Cave? Or? Right. Huh? Nick Cave, you don't want to talk to him? Not enough for him to be the one person I could, if I could, if I could pick one person, it'd be him, you know? Like not enough. But like, but like you take, no, but no, 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 no. You're taking this, you're taking this too seriously. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, you want to have a chat with someone who, like, you know, you don't need to think about it so You know what I mean? It's not like you don't need to consider it like as a life-altering mission here. It's just like, who would you you'd have? Of course you'd have a chat with Nick K. What are you talking about? Of course you would. No, nah, Nick K would be disappointed in me. Oh, so you fear rejection from Nick K. <laughs> <you know? laughs> okay. Like, oh, come on. Like, who would you have a chat with? Seriously. Like, like I'm, I'm serious. Pretend like, you like, can have a chat with multiple. Pretend you can chat with five people. What's Who's one of them? Oh, uh, well. Well, Nick Cave would be one of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I said before he's like one of the few people that I actually do respect. Um, so he would definitely be up there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't died yet, so. No, but that's no, that's not part of the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll we'll put him in as a placeholder. Nick Cave. Okay. All right. All right. Really, I've got to like think for more for you on your behalf or something. Um, okay. Fair enough. I felt, yeah, I was sort of torn. Living, it's definitely George Lucas, no doubt. Um, that was, that came to me right away. That wasn't hard. But dead. I'd probably speak to Marcus Aurelius, you know, have a chat. I'd, uh, I'd say I'm a big fan, ask him to sign my book, you know. Mm. He'd be like, what the fuck is this? Mm. Um, first of all, he'd be Lost like, paper. Well, yeah, and then he—that would be his first thing. And this is, of course, assuming I can speak uh, whatever language he spoke. Is it? Well, is it Roman? Probably Latin. Is that a language? Latin? Ancient yeah, probably, yeah. Oh, okay. Is Roman? I don't know. Fucking hmm. yeah, ancient. Yeah, but like, is ancient? Is Roman a language? Yeah, no, would it be Latin? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. First of all, like, barring that, pretend we can speak Latin or some shit. You know, um, it'd be like, okay, what is paper? And then it would be, wait. They published my personal diary for millions to read. <laughs> and then he'd probably just die again, you know. Um, so yeah. there's that. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd have a chat with him because basically, uh, like, you know, I'm fan of his work. I, uh, basically, also, he's also just a placeholder for anyone in ancient Rome and Greece. Like, I'd love to speak to anyone. I'd, I'd take anyone in that time, to be honest. I'd love to have a chat about that and just get a glimpse of life. At that time, you know, I'm reading a book you, about you, it right You'd now. chat to the I'm concreter that, that laid two meters of road in his whole life. I would, I, I, w- I would take that. Again, probably prefer Marcus, but I'd take it. 
you know. Yeah. I'd probably prefer prefer the Emperor of Rome, but I'd accept the carpenter, concreter, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Fitzy. Yeah, I also went the boring. I also I also went ancient Greek um, for this. Um, the same boring. The same boring. It's great, isn't it? Um, but I chose I chose some boring stoic. stoic. Yeah, that's fucking. Who does that? Um, oh, yeah, I chose Aristotle. Oh, yes, <laughs> because out of out of Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, Aristotle arguably experienced the most because he got to absorb all the knowledge from his teacher and his teachers, teacher. Um, but also, when um, Plato gave the academy away to his, like, cousin, um, Aristotle, Aristotle left, like, the main Greek world and went to Macedonia and taught Alexander as a teenager. So I feel like old old Aristotle would have a lot of, you know, a lot of wisdom. Um, that's just my personal opinion, that Aristotle has wisdom. But, um, yeah, it would, be, it would be a lot of fun. That's great. That's a banging answer. I totally agree with it. Good. Aristotle's the go anyway of the, of those of those dudes, you know. Yeah, because Socrates. Um, I mean, Socrates started everything, but Socrates and Plato were too. Uh, they were lost in the source of it, you know. They, they were they were a bit mm. out there sometimes. They're a bit heady, yeah. a little bit. Mm, a like the Platonic forms and like this kind of right, right, hundred percent the forms. So they are. All right, and then, dude. If I yeah, if I chose him and then he started talking about the forms, I'd be like, can I fucking have a refund? Yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. That's very true. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength there. But yeah, I don't know, Chan. Like, come on, Chan. Human history. Like, what are, what are the times? You know that you'd want to get some perspective on. Oh, but like through a particular person, maybe. But like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't care about any one person enough. But like me, I said I'd take a carpenter. Like, is there a time where you take anyone? You take a carpenter. Jesus, yeah, you mean like yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> just go there and take- just 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 observe him, and, and yeah. Actually, that's probably objectively that's probably like, like the one that you should need answer to do. me. Yeah, like everyone should actually do like the real Jesus and get all the answers done and expose him. You know. Mm. Hmm. Sorry, sir, sir, can you please clarify, did you walk on water? Can, can you show and us then, me now? Yeah, <laughs> I, cannot, like, I cannot confirm or deny it. Like, oh, this is a waste of time. But yeah, everyone should do it. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. But what happens if you say Jesus and you end up with like some random Mexican dude and... <laughs> You know, just yeah, like observing his life. You know, you remember like the, the, the guy in The Sopranos, Liam? The, 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 what's his name? Was that Jesus or? There's that guy Is in The Sopranos who was like mm. the employee, like a number one, like who, uh, who attacked Melfi. You know what I'm talking about? What's his oh. name, Jesus? Maybe, you know, like Jesus or something, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it was Jesus probably, yeah. But then you'd get a Jesus or some mm. shit. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. As always. We'd love you to submit your responses, thoughts, and or reviews for next week's film in the YouTube or Instagram comment section or join the Discord server. That is, of course, if there was a film next week. But guess what? There's not. But we still want you to do all of that. Write in 
because this week, the specific question we'll be asking you is, of course, in preparation for our illustrious awards episode, which I'm very excited about. The question is, what have been your favorite movies and TV shows of 2023? Let us know. Have your say. We'll be talking about that in depth next week for ourselves, but get your say in there, you know, because I don't know. We've got great taste, but like there might be a few things we've missed. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Not likely, but possibly. So, you, you know, make sure they're represented. If you are uh, right in, let us know. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Fitzy already said what we're doing next week, but do you want to also to say it anyway? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not doing film, guys. We're doing the awards. The most anticipated episode of the year. You know, there's, a, there's an event. Um, there's like a new event section in Discord. Maybe we should like add the awards to that. Just like so every, all, like all year people are just waiting for the awards. It's like Maybe the we one that we have. awards live in Discord. Mm. Oh my we god! Could, we could do something special. Mm. That sounds tricky. Could be interesting. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate Liam and Jane for joining me as always. Have a great rest of your week and goodbye. <laughs>